stand to your feet with me. I, I just want to read a passage of scripture over us this morning. But I'm probably not going to break it down as much in this one, in this service. I did in the 8.30 and uh, got myself all caught up in my time. So I just want to read the passage of scripture. How about you just close your eyes and just turn your attention to Jesus for a moment. It's Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 12 to 14. And, and this is what the prophet writes. He says, They shall come and sing aloud in the height of Zion. And they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord. Oh, how good is our God? Come on. Over the grain, the wine, the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall be like a watered garden, and they shall languish no more. Then shall the young woman re women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. I will feast the soul of the priests with abundance, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, declares the Lord. I just want to proclaim that it's illegal to be in the house of God and be sorrowful. <laughs> Come on. That's a good thing. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that this is fulfilled in Christ, that this is our portion, Lord, that we're not in desert places, but we're in watered gardens. We thank you, Lord, for the deposit of grain and wine, for the deposit of your oil, and for the young in the flock with us this morning. Lord, what a joy it is for us that you'll turn our mourning into dancing. Hallelujah. Father, we are excited to be in your presence. We're excited to hear of your goodness, and we're excited to celebrate you. Thank you, Lord, that as priests of the Most High, that we are founded as priests in Christ, Lord, that you delight in giving us abundance. We thank you for the abundance of peace, the abundance of joy, and the abundance of gladness in your presence today. And all God's people said, Amen. You may take your seats. I just felt that it was probably right to encourage us in the scriptures, in particular the prophetic scriptures of Jeremiah in this morning. God's done some great things in our life. Amen. Come on. Are you talking about the good things of God? Are you sharing the goodness of God with those in your sphere? Because I tell you what, a lot of people share with me the rubbish that's going on in their life. I tell you though, but if you, if you are thankful, if you are grateful, if you step into the goodness of God and give Him glory and honor where glory and honor is due, it'll transform your thinking. Amen. We can take every thought captive and we can take that thought and we can take it to the foot of the cross. And as Pastor Brett was sharing with us last week, we can cast those cares upon to Jesus. Amen? I think that's a great word for someone in this room this morning. Some of you might need to just take the, the, the anxieties that you have and all the cares of this world and just by faith give them to Jesus. And in 10 minutes' time, by faith, give them to Jesus again because they're going to come back on your life and you've you got to not take them on. Really important to understand that passage of Scripture talking about bread and communion and the oil of the Holy Spirit, how important our fellowship with God is through the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus, in John 14, tells us that He won't leave us as orphans, that He won't leave us alone, that He will send another helper like Him exactly the same representation as him it's just he's everywhere and he's in and upon us how important is the holy spirit in our life to be able to foster the fruits of joy 
of peace, of gladness, of goodness, of patience. Ah, who needs patience in the room this morning? But it's actually yours. It is yours. It's a part of who you are. It's the deposit of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen? So, as I'm talking about these things, what I'm hoping to do is to find one or two people that were here last weekend that want to share a little bit of what happened to them last weekend. Just a quick opportunity, if you want to come forward and share of the testimony of what Jesus did for you last weekend, I'm giving that opportunity. Everyone's shaking their head. Oh, here we go. We've got one. Maybe, maybe the floodgates are open. I need a microphone. Where am I going to find that pen? Oh, here we go. Jamie's got it. Good on you, Jess. Thank you. Maybe one more. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I don't know uh, if anyone was here when Pastor Brett prayed for my mangled arm. It was in a car accident. Um, actually, my, my shoulder was very sore. My shoulder still isn't actually a fantastic amount better, but the arm is a significantly better. I've noticed a kind of exponential improvement over the week. So it's amen. just been incredibly encouraging. Amen, amen, amen. And I did hear, remember, Jess, I don't know if you remember, Jess, but he did say that there is a work of healing going on in your yeah. body, naturally, but he prayed that that would be expedited. Do you remember? That it would be, quick, it would be quicker. So uh, that's going to happen for your shoulder. Come on. We're believing for Jess and praying for Jess. So that's going to be quicker. Amen. For some of you that don't know, Jess was in, a, in a, not just a car accident. She was riding her, her bike and, and was taken out by a bus and, uh, on the main road between uh, Bilbul and, and Ugali. So um, continue to pray for Jess's healing. Anyone else want to share something about last week? If not, we're going to do the five thing, are we, Jamie? You can count it down if you want. Jamie, come on. I didn't give you a chance in the first service, so you can in the second. <laughs> so, so it's, I mean, it's honestly hard to choose from, but uh, I, there, are, there are a couple of things. But um, someone, sometimes when we get healed, the pain, sometimes it comes back and then, you know, we're under the test and we're like, oh, it's back or something like that. Or we go, oh, shut up in the name of Jesus. Um, that's what I, sometimes I tell pain to shut up. Um, Amen. Someone got prayed for on the Saturday for a, a, a sore arm. They had, I don't know what the condition's called, some something. And, and I called him up during the week. I said, you know, how are you going? And, and he said, oh, man, the pain came back in my arm. And I was like, well, that's no good. Let's... So I went around there yesterday. And, and so just teaching him about his authority and, hey, you don't have to put up with it. If it comes back, the devil's just trying to convince you out of it. So tell it to shut up in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Well, I didn't say shut up in the name of Jesus, but like I, I taught him the right stuff, okay? And, and then we prayed and, you know, when, when he really understood, okay, all right, I, I have authority over sickness because Jesus paid for it on the cross. Right. And, and then when we prayed, all the pain in his arm went away. And he said, you know what, Jamie, I've got carpal tunnel in my wrists as well in both of them. I'm due to have surgery on Tuesday. I said, well, that's no good. Let's get rid of that. So we prayed for that, and it was gone straight away. Come on. Yeah, so that's good. Um, but I'll just share one more thing. One more. Uh, one more. Um, and it wasn't about any miracles or anything. It was just a bit of a realization to me about being hungry for God. Something Brett said on, on the Saturday. He said, Jesus was always contemporary. He was rarely convenient. The people that all got healed, they were the ones chasing after him. They went out of their way. Like Jesus borderline made it really difficult for some people to 
to get healed. He, he would go out and even offend some people sometimes, like the Syrophoenician woman and stuff like that. Um, but the, the people that really showed their hunger, they're the ones that got healed. And it, it sort of hit me like a, a good holy punch to the face when, when he said that. And I went around to visit someone yesterday, and I was just chatting with them. And, and, uh, and then I went to leave, and the, the dad grabbed me by the shirt and said, you're not allowed to leave until you pray for us. And I went, yeah, that's that, that's that real hunger for, for, for Jesus to, to, to be blessed. I thought, yeah, that's real faith. That taught me a lesson. You know, so that, that was probably the biggest thing I took from the weekend. Jesus was always contemporary, but rarely convenient. So I was just, okay, I need to get more hungry for the things of God. Anyway. Come on, that's good, Dan. Well done. That's good. It's a couple of good words there, good testimonies, and, and uh, really thankful. And as Jamie was talking then, uh, the thought came into my mind that I feel like I, I, I should share here. There's two, really. Number one, um, as Jamie's talking about hunger, the, the legal right of a Christian is to be hungry, even though the legal right is also to be filled. The thing is, when you eat, just look at us, when we eat, we get hungry again pretty quickly. It's almost like you're dining on Chinese, you know, you're an hour later, you're hungry again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Jesus says, eat and be satisfied. I understand that. But the more I eat, the more I want. So the legal right is really, um, it's, a, it, it's really a command that comes through his brother James in the book of James. And that is, if anyone among you is sick, and he's talking to the church, if anyone among you is sick, call upon the elders. They, uh, they will anoint you with oil. Amen? The prayer of righteous man availeth much. It's, so the onus is really back upon us when it comes to reaching out to Jesus, Okay? And some of you might be sick and going through something and, and you might feel a little bit ashamed, almost like that woman with the issue of blood. The Lord's just on this word right at this moment. I think it's a really hot word for all of us at the moment. And that is, your faith matters. Yeah, so you've got to step into that. And uh, whether you do that by the book and call upon the elders and they'll anoint you with oil, it's between you and God. But I tell you, there's something about calling upon someone who carries something of God to be able to get you free of something that you can't get yourself free of. Okay? So that's a word for a couple of people out here today. You're, you're battling something or you're thinking something, call upon the elders, they'll pray for you, all right? Okay, that's the first one. The second thought that came to mind was, uh, this is not the Old Testament. You know that? Like we're living in, we're living in the New Covenant, we're living... In the, church, in the church era, we're living in the, the time of Jesus and the time of the abundance of the Holy Spirit in our life. And something that I'm hoping that we begin to transition and understand is we don't have to go all the time to the man or the woman of God to get something. The, Jesus came to us in the person of the Holy Spirit. He's already given us all things, paid for in His blood. Right? And as the priests of God and as the kings of God, we have a right to come before the Lord and petition Him for our needs. And I think ultimately bringing people like Brett in is about firing up something of that in our life so that we don't have to wait once a year or once every two years for that minister to come around and receive our healing, but that amongst us we can stir that up and we can see that God wants to use us to set the prisoner or the captive free. 
There's something in that, that each and every one of you are priests of God. And each and every one of you are able to minister the gift of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I just feel that that's something that the Lord wants us to understand. So if you're going around visiting people and you're going around to uh, sneakily grab a scone at someone's house, don't just take the scone, but leave a deposit of peace with them as well, right? <laughs> let your peace rest on their house. What does that mean? That means let the Holy Spirit fill that place. Yeah? So I really appreciate that our brother that grabbed you before you walked out the door and just reminded, hey, you know what? I'm hungry for the things of God. Can we be hungry for the things of God? Is that okay? Awesome. So anyway, that was all sidelined. So you can't add that to my time today. Praise the Lord. Anyway, that's an in-joke. I shouldn't say it. Okay, so um, we just, we just, we just pause there for a minute. I want a couple of things to share with you around vision. You would have received an email from me during the week. Uh, last week we had around 35 salvations, uh, inclusive of people who rededicated their lives to the Lord. It's sort of hard sometimes to gauge your numbers, all right? First-time decisions, there was probably around 15 or so first-time decisions for the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for that. That's amazing, right? The thing with the gospel, though, is that the more you hear it, the more it has its effect in your life. And when it, when it hits you, you're like, you know what? I need to deal with that. And you come out the front and you give your life to Jesus again, right? Because you're impacted by something. And there was, there was a number of people that were able to do that. And what that means is they're getting a greater revelation, a greater understanding of the gospel at work in their life. Uh, but on top of that, and Sunday night being Pentecost Sunday, uh, we, we really uh, went in hard for the Holy Spirit baptism. And, and we had uh, around 32, 34 people up here around the front of the stage um, seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I was sitting there going, Lord, because there was an earlier call, and I was saying, Lord, uh, th this is not right, because no one was responding. Th this is not right. And I said, Holy Spirit, we forgive, just forgive my indulgence for a moment. I just sort of said, Holy Spirit, we've worked too hard to not see this break open tonight. And, and, and it's not about the work. Understand where I was coming from in that. It was, we've... We've prepared the soil. We've prepared the ground. We were, we were one in unity in the upper room, if that makes sense. And the 120 on the day of Pentecost were together as one. We, we were in that place. And I just said, Holy Spirit, we, we've worked too hard to just let this not happen. And instantly, it was sort of like within three minutes, Meredith was sitting right there where Pastor Rod was. And she comes forward and she's like, I'm just believing for a breakthrough in the gift of speaking in other tongues. Come on. And, uh, and with that, just that one, Brett said, one person will come and it will just open up. And with that one person, about 35 people flooded the front of the, the stage. Come on, that's a, that's a testimony to, the God, to God. Amen. And, and we're just sitting there and, and I'm watching what's going on and I'm watching how people are just stepping into speaking in tongues for the first time. And some people have... Have, have received prayer, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times to receive the Holy Spirit. And while they may have received the Holy Spirit, the blockage of tongues, a breakthrough came and they were able to speak in tongues for the first time. And, and it was just one of those amazing things. And prior to all of that, about 18 months ago, I started to get a move in my heart about starting up our night services. And uh, if you've been here for a long time, 
you might remember that our night services, they came to a, a close because the season had ended. Uh, and, and it wasn't for any negative reason, it was just time for a break. And I really enjoyed the freshness that came from having those breaks. And people were gathering in other people's homes and having meals and, and spending time fellowshipping with others. And that was right for the season. But around 18 months ago, something started to stir in me. It wasn't a, we need to start now, you need to build for something. Okay, what does this mean? And uh, as I was praying through, the Lord started to give me some thoughts and strategy around opening up night services. And, and I remember sharing it with Pastor Mike. I took him down to Adelaide uh, for, might be, might be closer to two years, give or take, forgive my timing, but sharing with Pastor Micah about what's on my heart as I'm hearing what's on his heart. And I just shared this strategy of what I want our night services to be. And he said, yes, I can, I, can, I can sense that in the spirit. And we prayed for that. And we just began to wait upon the timing of the Lord. And we started to build for this last year. For June last year, we were going to start our night services. But who remembers what happened last year? It was hard enough to get to church, let alone multiple services on the one day. And uh, without saying it, we know that it was tough and it was difficult. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm lamenting because I'm like, Lord, I really want to create this space where we can spend time in your presence and uh and i just as i've been building up to this time I'm like, right now's the time to launch our night services again and uh and then this week i'm sitting on the i'm just sitting in prayer waiting on the lord and i just and i feel this sense this gentle leading of god to say for the next three weeks we will continue in the process we've been meeting as elders and pastors and and uh, recently, more recently, our leaders of a Sunday night, just spending a bit of time in the war room, spending a bit of time praying in tongues, spending a bit of time worshipping God, spending a bit of time praying for one another and praying for you, praying for our church. And uh, I just felt the Lord just sit on that and say, let's, d let's do a bit of that for the next three weeks at 5.30 on a Sunday afternoon. Let's do Sunday evening. Let's gather as the church and create a space where those who were filled in the Holy Spirit last week can come and be nurtured and ask their questions and be stirred up in the gifts of God. Because this, this, this week, this Sunday, tonight, we've got it open. It should be on our website. You should be able to book in tickets for tonight for 5.30. We're going to do that. We're going to gather. We're going to have a couple of little songs, a bit of Q&A, and, uh, and, a, and a short word from me, only... Only one thought out of a passage of scripture and then we'll gather in a, in a group up the front here and we'll stir up the gift. We'll stir up the gift of God and uh, create a space where those who are new to this can be encouraged to pray in the Spirit. Those who were filled with the Spirit last week, we said to them, go home, spend five minutes at least every day praying in tongues. A bit more if you can manage it. And if you're married, spend time praying with your husband or your wife in the Spirit together and build that up. So we're just sort of looking to build that across and then in four weeks' time after these three Sundays, we'll launch our night services. What are these going to look like? I don't want to do a remake of our Sunday mornings. I haven't got time for duplication, all right? I haven't got time of, for, for creating spaces that's just going to be a same old, same old. And the Lord, Lord's been speaking to me about this because we can't do everything on a Sunday morning and we can't do everything in one meeting, can we? But that's the truth. If we want to build up and learn more about the things of the Spirit and learn more about the things of who we are in Christ 
and learn more about the things of the power of the unity within the church, we have to create spaces where that can be modelled. So our Sunday nights will look a little bit different to what our Sunday mornings will be. Sunday mornings are our celebration time, right? They come together. I'm hoping to see more testimonies like we saw this morning because testimony stirs up the spirit of joy. I'm hoping that Sunday mornings we're able to celebrate the goodness of God and we're able to bring visitors in and people are able to hear the gospel and people are able to come to salvation. But Sunday nights, it's more about going deeper. And the way we're going to do that, and, and I am watching the time, so it's okay. We're going to go a little bit deeper into the things of God. And I believe the Lord's given me some strategy, and the leaders and the pastors have been praying into this with me. And this is sort of what we're looking at doing. Uh, over, over the four weeks of the month, we'll, we'll have... Um, because like I said, everyone's different. Everyone's looking for growth in different areas. Some are more word-based, others are more spirit-based, and we kind of want to bring all of that into full meshing so we become full of both. So what we're doing is uh, one, one Sunday in the month, we'll create a space for uh, uh, prophetic praise and worship. And what does that mean? Well, for some of us, we've been, we went through the prophetic activation schools a couple of years ago with Phil and Laura Lee Colley. What we want to do is we want to open those nights up to reintroduce some of that stuff, to continue to build up um, uh, those gifts and continue to teach around those and put good, strong protocols in around the prophetic so that we can, uh, we can see people step into their destiny. Right? So we can get to the point where not only are people able to uh, find a safe place to prophesy, but we can bring people in and they can hear the word of God for them directly. Okay, Does that make sense? So, so those nights, I'm hoping that after about five or six of those that they'll really blow open and you'll start inviting your friends to come along to those and uh and we'll see the lord move in powerful ways and people will be set free of all sorts of things because when the prophetic voice is stirred up within the church people will fall down on their knees in repentance and crying out to god whether they've got a reference for him or not that's so that's the first one this, this, then there's two nights uh within the month that we want to designate that more to um more to teaching. So it might be one or two songs, a couple of our young ones that are developing and growing in their gift of music, a couple of songs, and, and, uh, and then we'll just we'll get into teaching. And it could be, you know, maybe a 45-minute hour in teaching, and then we'll finish the night praying for one another around the things that we've been learning. So for the first number of those, it's two a month, we're going to use video in particular. Uh, and that's, that's because we've, we, we want to stir something up in the church in particular around a, I'm not going to give it to you, I want, we'll give that as it launches out in the next month or so. But uh, we want to stir that up a bit and we've got some resources and tools there that I think can do that and uh, we can share that with us in the teaching. But, but ultimately in the long term, the Lord wants to rise up teachers within his body and uh, there's gifts of teaching within the body and, and as the Lord stirs this up a teaching night, he'll start to stir up a word within some of you teachers. And, and you'll be like, okay, and you'll start to research the word and you'll start to put it all together and the Holy Spirit will lead you to things and, and all of a sudden you've got this maybe 30 or 40 minute teaching that, that the Lord has led and breathed, breathed upon and you share that with Pastor Michael or I and we'll be able to go through it with you and we'll be like, you know, this is a seasonal word for now. That's what we're believing, right? And, and, and we'll, we'll open up the night for these people to come and submit the word that the Lord has shared to them 
in a way that, that only sometimes teachers can do. Does that make sense? So we bring that out and help, help us grow in that way. So that, that's those first three nights. And then fourthly, we want to create a space where we foster what happened last weekend. I, I kind of got to the point where I'm sick of fostering things and then losing them two weeks later. So we want to really foster this gifts of the Spirit, which is more, more going after gifts of healing and gifts of uh, miracles. Okay? So we'll do some teaching on these nights around short teachings, around what is healing and stepping into that and praying and releasing upon the congregation to go and be people who can minister in healing out beyond these four walls. People will get healed here, absolutely. And people will come and we'll see people get up out of wheelchairs and we'll see people get up and throw crutches away and we'll see all sorts of miracles happen in this house. Don't worry about that. But I think it'll be gazumped by what's going to happen outside of these four walls. Does that make sense? We, we want to be that church that doesn't believe that you've got to come and come into the space to get healing, but that we are walking in the spirit of healing. Okay? In the marketplace and people are going to get up and and testimonies are going to be shared in the marketplace, and you'll find yourself sharing the gospel openly with people that you never thought you could. That's, that's my hope and intention. That's four nights over the month. And you're like, that's fantastic. That sounds like a great thing. Well, that's what I'm hoping you're saying. And then, who knows, some months have got five Sundays in it. There's usually five Sundays, five months in a year where there's five Sundays in a month. And that's an exciting thing. Five times a year, what we're going to do is create a space outside, usually, and we'll create that space where we can bring and share a good meal. Who wants to do a bring and share potluck dinner? And uh, I'm outlawing hot chips and chicken, not because I don't like hot chips, chicken and gravy. It's just I want us to be creative. So I want us to start thinking about, the, get the juices going, a nice uh, bunny chow or a nice uh, uh, hot curry or, you know, just, just start getting the juices ready, lamb shanks. Am I speaking to the right crowd here? Okay, good. And, uh, you, know, you know, you might not be able to do that, but you might be able to grab a bag of salad and whip up a lovely dressing because, you know, you need salad when you're having good meals like this as well. That's fine. No one's going to judge you for the food unless it's a lemon meringue pie. And if that lemon meringue pie is amazing, you'll get that job every time we come together, all right? It's that simple, okay? But what are we doing? What we want to do is we want to create a space, a cafe church kind of space where we can bring and share food five times a year, building the community, within the church, okay? And we'll, we'll be able to share around the tables at the back and we'll be able to share what's going on in our life and then the program for the night will be food first, okay? As they meet together in the houses, we can bring that here into the house, food first. Someone will say grace and we'll just take that time and, and uh, usually your pastors will wait to the end, won't we pastors? Yeah, we'll wait to the end so that everyone else gets fed and then we can go and dig into what's left. And... <laughs> and um, Correct. Two plates at once. Amen. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're getting an amen from all the pastors in the room except Rodney. Um, <laughs> uh, so, but, but what we'll do is, you know, someone like Jason, for example, on this, he, it's only his second time on the music this morning. Didn't he do a great job, right? Someone like Jason can stand up with his guitar unplugged. And I'm praying that, he, that the Lord is just speaking to him some songs and he might be able to just sing those songs. And uh, we come together as just informal worship, praising God. And that someone else gets a tap on the shoulder a week or two in advance and just says, you know what? We think that the Lord has got something to share through your testimony. 
often we get insight into people's lives because we, it's just the role we have in people's lives. And, and you don't understand or don't know what's going on. So we'll just come along and tap and say, you know, God's been evidently over this area of your life. Do you mind sharing that testimony? And we'll give them 10, 15 minutes to bring a scripture and bring an encouragement to share that testimony. We do that five times a year and hopefully we, we, we're building the community in the church and celebrating all the good things of God. Amen. So that's the plan with our Sunday nights. So hopefully that doesn't sound like a bit of a rerun of Sunday mornings. Not that Sunday mornings are bad. You've just got to understand they're different spaces and we can foster different things. And sometimes those prophetic nights might turn into praise and worship nights that, that may blow out and we'll close it down at a time so you can get home to your kids and all that sort of stuff. But you can linger in the house with, with other people that want to. Amen? And uh, I'll come in late the next day if I'm here late at night, which is all good. Praise the Lord who's excited for our nighttime services. So tonight we're going to start that. We're going to come tonight, 5.30. They will be early during winter because we understand the cold and getting kids to bed and all that sort of stuff. One hour, come in, be here on time. Someone will be playing the keys and sing a song with us. Uh, if you're watching online, Caitlin, that's you. And uh, <laughs> I'm hoping Micah talk to her during the week. If not, I've embarrassed her in front of the whole church and she won't be here. No, she'll definitely be here. And we'll just stir that and we'll give her time for a couple of questions and, and maybe we can speak into those and then a short word out of the book of Acts and then we'll spend 10, mi 10 minutes praying in tongues. Does it sound hard? Absolutely not. We'll just create a space for that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Um, 11.34. We've been here just over an hour. Can I have possibly 20 more minutes? Is that okay? Everyone's happy with that? So I'm going for 12 o'clock. Well, look, our finish time's 12 o'clock usually. So I've got 26 if you want to be exact. <laughs> uh, on the voting thing, just another thing. Can I just get a show of hands? A really exciting announcement. I was sitting on the, the doing my, our roster this week again, and uh, that's a tedious chore, I can tell you. As the roster grows, it's just hard to make it all work. But uh, our, our beautiful Natalia Bortolin over here is beginning to stir up within the teams. Uh, not Bortolin, I know. But <laughs> my apologies, Patello. He's probably watching and going, I'm going to punch him. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, she's got her team starting now to begin to think about bringing food back into our morning services. Come on. And uh, so we've got to create some space for food because food is really important, okay? And uh, so firstly, if you know about food or want to begin to serve and participate in food, you need to catch Natalia today. Natalia, stand up and give everyone an embarrassing wave. There you go. <laughs> it was almost royal, wasn't it? Like, yeah, okay. Anyway, um, so that's the lady you need to see. We need to build these teams and, and we're really excited for what we want to do here. But we're looking to... Um, in, in our 8.30 service, just have something available that's light to go with coffee. Uh, and then in our afternoon service, which is more um, this, this service now, we, we kind of want to create a space where um, we can have lunch together instead of having to run off down to the mall, which is not a bad thing. It's just we can have lunch here. And uh, I want to just a quick vote here really quickly because I'm feeling that I want to move this service to 11 a.m., to create just that little bit of space between so that people can eat and go without running out the door and that we can feel like at 12.30, 1 o'clock, we can have lunch. Show of hands, no judging. 
I'm feeling like 11 a.m. is okay, but I need to know what you guys are all thinking. 11 a.m.? Oh, look, hands are going up because one or two hands went up. 10.30? Now, you guys might have to get here for the 8.30 service. No, <laughs> we'll play it out. We'll see what happens in the first month. So we'll, we'll be relaunching food back in the last week of July. Last week of July is going to be good soup day, I feel. And uh, we'll, we'll test it out July and August. So it's not going to happen straight away. But then we'll start to take a real understanding of what's happening. How does it work? What does it look like? And see how that goes. Is that okay? Just sort of trying to give you as much as I can in as much notice as we can. Because if, if I, I might be 100% wrong. It might be wrong and we should just do it at 10 o'clock and get everyone else here at 7.30 for an early service. <laughs> Mark you straight up. No, I agree. Praise the Lord. Okay, so about 20 minutes of your time will be wonderful. Uh, Finish this 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 time with uh, just some thoughts. Um, to help us continue to build this expectation in God's purposes. As I said, we, we, we had around 35 salvations, 32 baptisms in the Holy Spirit. That's a really exciting thing. Mm. But there's a question that comes from all of that. And the question really is, uh, why the gift of speaking in tongues, why is it so controversial? You might not think it's controversial. Well, I can tell you from my seat it's controversial. Um, you might think straight away it's a great thing and I'm happy for it. But then there's other people in the room that are like, I've, I've got no reference, I've got no understanding for it, I don't really know why it's so important. And we get to sit in the middle of that and answer some of these questions. So why is it so controversial? Well, ultimately, controversy is only stirred up because of a lack of understanding. Right? Now, if the enemy can cause you to not understand something, you'll generally repeal from that. And there's two ways he can do that. He can do that directly. So he can sow a th seed of thought um, through someone else or through your own thinking to cause doubt in a particular area and therefore stir up controversy and move you aside or sideline you from those things. There's another way he can do it and that is not even do anything but just let us live our life like we're important, like we're the king of our life, like we are the one sitting upon the throne. See, if, if we're that person where, we, where we're in control of our life, well, really, he doesn't have to do anything because we're not dangerous people. We're not, we're not big enough in our thinking to understand that the Lord wants to use us to advance the kingdom. So there's two ways he can start up controversy. One is he will really stir it up and cause you to say, well, that's it, I'm done, I'm out, this is out. Or he will just allow you to be, what do you say, selfish? Is that a simple way of saying it? I'm not trying to be rebukive in any way, shape or form. Just trying to unpack this in a way. I find with the gift of tongues that it's interesting because the early church is birthed in it. The book of Acts speaks of it a fair bit. And then Paul, he kind of finishes this whole statement off with, 
Um, I'm thankful that I speak in tongues more than you all. We've kind of got this statement by the great apostle that everybody, I assume, loves because of his writings. He, he writes so much of scripture. And then he says, I do this. But we, we tend to forget that Paul made that statement in writing, sending that to the church. And then, somewhere in history, if we followed history through, you would find that the Holy Spirit was doing this still. It's just not recorded as well as it is recorded in the book of Acts. I'm going to say, a, I think, a controversial statement to shake us up a little bit. The book of Acts is not the book of the Acts of the Apostles. The book of Acts is the book of the Acts of the Holy Spirit. While the Apostles have all died out, those who were recorded within the book, the Holy Spirit is ever-present, even more so today, because there's more Christians than there were back in those days. That's where I'm going to be controversial. The book of Acts ultimately is still being written because your life is an epistle being read by your neighbors, whether you like that or not. And if you're walking in the power and authority of the Holy Spirit and God's word, Jesus Christ, then people are reading you and they're either being led away from God or they're being led to God. And it's the Holy Spirit that does that. So, so each and every one of you, if you would understand that the acts of the Holy Spirit weren't just for that time, but they're for today as well, we could deal with the controversy really quickly. Because if you want to walk in the power of God, then you have to do so with, the, with what is stepped out for us in Scripture. And that's what the book of Acts records. The church being birthed in power in Acts chapter 2. And being closed off with the church being exploding across all of Asia. The church only explodes across all of Asia because of what happens when Peter, for example, is preaching to the first group of Gentiles in Cornelius' house. And what happens in that, in that instance is that the Holy Spirit interrupts this great message by the great apostle Peter... And they all start to speak in other tongues. And the reference for the church in the day was that the gospel is for all people, not just the Jews. Right? Why? Because there was evidence of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in that place. If we can't grapple with that, then we put that encounter of, a scriptures, of the scriptures down over our own knowledge or even our own understanding. I don't want to be in that place. We've either been led by the word of God into the encounters of God as an encounter of God or we're completely shut off to the things of the spirit. That's part of the reason it's so controversial. Many of us are caught up in our own thinking that we can't do the things that God wants us to do because I'm not equipped. But if the gospel is for all people, then so too is the Holy Spirit because he filled that room. Does that make sense? And the enemy will kind of get us thinking that we should repeal from that because without the Holy Spirit... 
Well, it's in my strength. It's in my will. It's in my works. Heaven forbid it's in my works. I can't do any of this stuff. Does that make sense? If this, was, if this all had to be done by the, the strength of Stephen Rand, I can tell you right now, I would not be in Griffith. I would be a long way away. I would be hiding like David, finding, looking for the pit in the ground so that God couldn't find me. But his word tells me that even there, he's there. I never want to be in that place where you have to rely on the gifts of your pastors. When there's a Holy Spirit that's available to each and to all. You understand that? Jesus is the only answer to all of your issues and problems. If we can understand that, then outside of these four walls, the only answer for their problems is Jesus. That's the importance of the Holy Spirit. So there's a couple of new people in the room that have given their life to Jesus. And I want to talk to you directly right now, but at the same time, I'm talking to everybody. There's a passage of scripture. It's in Mark 14, uh, Mark chapter 4, and it's in uh, Matthew chapter 13. So turn with me to Mark chapter 4 for a minute, and I'll read this to you. Mark chapter 4, verse 1. It says, again, he began to teach beside the sea. He is Jesus, okay? And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teachings, he said to them, listen. My Bible's got an exclamation mark there. So, so listen. It's kind of like, listen. I'm speaking very directly to you here. Listen. Behold. It's not just listen. Behold is also another strong word, right? A sower went out to sow. Everyone knows what a sower is? Sowing the seed in the farm. Jesus is talking to an agricultural society, okay? So he's using pictures to help us understand. And as he sowed, some seed fell among the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Did the good Lord give you ears when he created you? <laughs> yeah? So, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. But it's also a, a spiritual thing. He who has ears in the spirit to hear, let him hear. The gospel is the seed. And some of you responded to the gospel last week, giving your life to Jesus. What that means is that the seed fell among soil of some sort. The first thing I want to say to you is that God is interested in the soil. While we preach the gospel, the Holy Spirit prepares the soil. It's the Holy Spirit's job to prepare the soil of your heart. Is the Holy Spirit going to give you rocky soil? 
No, the Holy Spirit is going to counteract the rocky soil with the full power of God and break through that rock so that the seed of the gospel is able to go in. Is the, is the Holy Spirit going to, going to allow the thorns to choke you out? No. The problem is we're in a world that does. But I want to state that first and foremost. The Holy Spirit has prepared a seedbed of your heart and that is good soil. Because God only prepares good things. When God created heaven and earth, he said it was... Right, when God created uh, the sun and the, and the moon, he said it was... Right, when God created the animals, he said it was... Right, when God created the fish in the sea and the birds of the air, he said it was... Good, right, we're getting the picture. When God does something, it is good. The thing is, when he created you... Day six, in the, the man of Adam represented, Adam represents all of humanity. When God created man, he said, it is very good. So in the life of the human being, when God is involved, he's not looking for good. He's doing something very good. Does that make sense? So the seedbed of your heart has been prepared by the Holy Spirit and I'm here to pronounce that he is saying it is very good. So the heart, we have a seed of the gospel that has taken root. Does this make sense? The parable of the sower helps us unpack a couple of things, which is what I'm trying to help you understand is the controversies that are found around the Holy Spirit. If we can agree that the Holy Spirit is interested in making your life very good in the context of salvation, in the context of the abundant life, in the context of all of that we've been sharing in the last three months here. If we can at least agree on that, then the other three things that I'm about to touch on, they're not necessarily your worry. It's where you come to casting your cares on Jesus. Because the three things that are attacking people in this day and age are the rocks, the weeds and the birds. Okay, the rocky soil, the hardness of your heart is dependent upon you and how much you go to Jesus with your problems. If you allow people to offend you and hurt you, whether it be your boss, your neighbor, your wife or your husband, I can tell you your heart will harden. But God gives good gifts, right? He's taken the stony heart out of your life and he's replaced that with a heart of flesh. Does that, does that make sense? So he's already done that work in you. But there's something that's within our grasp and our power, and that is this point. If I allow the bitterness of this world to infect my heart, what grows up in there is bitterness and rocky soil. Hmm? And then we find that the seed of the gospel is unable to penetrate the rockiness of our heart. And God wants to set you free of that. He wants, and that's why keeping forgiveness. Remember last Sunday night, Pastor Brett was here and as he was ministering, it was to my sister-in-law. The very first person he was praying for, he said to the church and he led the church through a prayer of, un, of forgiveness, forgiving those people who hurt them. If you allow unforgiveness in your heart, that is a stone that will turn your heart so hard, the gospel will not penetrate it. The Holy Spirit wants to you to keep a short account so that you can step into this place of forgiving other people, not allowing the rocks of offense to come in your life. Does that make sense? That's a really important one for us all 
but even more so for those him for his forgiveness for you and you be the forgiven forgivers forgiving those who've hurt you does that make sense okay the, the second thing is this um the weeds the worries and the concerns and the cares of this life i've got can i've got concerns i've got things that i have to think through as a parent as a husband as a leader as someone in the community yes i get it i've got concern they're not your concern they're jesus's concern does that make sense and and while i say that the 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 other side of that is the same your concerns are not my concerns and if i let your concerns get in on the inside of me then i've allowed your concerns to overburden me and pastor brett was talking about that a little bit last week as well don't let it get in on the inside of you how do you do that cast your cares upon the lord do you remember cast your cares upon the lord jesus has come to me who are all who are weary and heavy laden and i will give you rest okay so we cast our cares and our burdens and our anxieties upon jesus that's the thorns of this life I, um you can see the reds on my arms how they're scratched up that's not a cat praise the lord i don't have cats but but dad dad's been very busy and his brother and they've been driving trucks and the farm particular part of the farm uh it's got aggressive um suckers growing in the orange trees the sucker is something that's going to suck the life out of you right what happens is out of the rootstock this sucker will grow and it it is like a it's like an unholy branch jesus uses this terminology in the sense of an olive tree right we've been grafted into an olive tree therefore we that which was bad becomes good but in this case these are bad they've come from the rootstock they're not going to produce fruit they, the fruit that they produce is that big these are oranges and they're full of seeds they're horrible things lots of them they but they look like a kumquat really they're shriveled they're terrible they're bitter and they're full of seed no one likes an orange full of seed right <laughs> but the other fruit that they produce are thorns about that long i should bring one in for you next week so last yesterday my brothers and i've been talking about it for a while yesterday we just went and got all the chainsaws and we went up there and we we knocked over half of the the area that needed to be done and we're not talking little suckers right because of what's been going on and 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 the stuff of their life i'm talking branches like this coming out of the base that's what happens in our life if we allow the thorns and the thistles and all that sort of stuff to branch out of our life because that's the stuff and the worries of this world right and i'm telling you there's some prickly christians out there prickly in the sense that the fruit that they're producing is after the world and not after jesus right and we got in there yesterday with chainsaws and we hacked them things out and sometimes the holy spirit wants to hack those things out of your life with a precision knife taking it from the heart does that make sense like i'm talking branches this big in trees that are as almost as tall as where that um frame is there and so they're big branches a couple of these trees i went up to and i'm like you're my tree today and i and I overstepped the boundary of where the bro- my brothers had said we're going to and i went over and i said stuff that i'm going into this tree why because there was more suckers in this tree than there was orange trees orange orange proper producing fruit oranges and i said i said you're getting out and i just chopped them and dad's like what are you doing and i'm like get rid of this thing and he come over and he starts pulling this branch out and and we're just delivering this tree right from, from suckers <laughs> does that make sense and um <clears throat> but I'm telling you that there's thorns and it's all the way up and every branch coming out is completely 
thorny and sometimes you just got to get in and get messy and I'm not a precious kind of guy I'm just going to get in there and I'm going to hack until it's out and that's what we did cut them up and got them out and pulled them out and we'll do the same next week why because the natural things are important but spiritually it's even more so God wants to deal with the thorns and the 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 thistles of your heart amen he wants to he wants to set you free of them and those things will those things will squash out the fruit of the gospel in your life if you allow them to take root does that make sense hmm I think I think we're all on the same page here the last one is the birds and I'm thinking I'm I'm not thinking like vultures I'm thinking things like crows and um no I can't say magpies because I love the warble of a magpie Maybe, maybe magpies in the springtime when they start swooping your head and drawing blood. But all that sort of stuff. I'm thinking birds that are just going to decimate seed. And the enemy is related to in this. That's the enemy. That's the, the birds of the enemy coming in and take, trying to take the seed at root. But even more so, that's uh, probably relevant in today's day and age for our farmers out there. You're sowing at the moment and the mice are coming through and they're taking the seed out as quickly as you're sowing the ground now the soil's prepared the soil's right the soil's rich in nutrients but that rodent has come in and taken out that seed or nibbled at the new shoot and taken away the root and some in particular you new christians you young people in the lord you've got to go to jesus about this and how do you keep the rodent or the bird out of your life? This is a real question, isn't it? Why is tongues and baptism in the Holy Spirit so controversial? Because I tell you, when you become on fire for God, there ain't no bird that's going to come near you. You're going to have a mouse run away on fire with his tail between his legs, if you're on fire for Jesus. That tender shoot needs the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit in your life. How do you foster the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life? Tongues is the only gift that's for you outside of Jesus and salvation. I know I've got to say that because, you know, I've got to qualify what I'm saying, right? The gift of speaking in other tongues is for you. And you're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not about being selfish. Yeah, well, good on you. But you need the Holy Spirit if you're going to run hot for God. You need the Holy Spirit if you're going to scare away the birds of your life, the, the targeted attack of the enemy. You need the Holy Spirit if, if there's a, a rodent coming to undermine your thinking. You need the Holy Spirit if people are speaking about you behind your back. Because the oil of the Holy Spirit gets on you and he lights a fire on you that no one can quench. Does that make sense? That is the purpose, I believe, of the Holy Spirit in this situation. Faith is produced by the hearing of the active word of God. Is that not right? Amen. Romans ten seventeen says this. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of christ it's not just the hearing of the word it's the hearing by the living word the present word the hot word that the holy spirit breathes upon in your life 
I can read this book until the cows come home and it has no power unless, number one, I engage it with faith, and number two, I listen for the voice of the Spirit on it. It's the transforming revelation of the Word of God, and He illuminates it to me. That's the fire of God in my life. Does that make sense? I can get this Word into my brain, and it will still not impact my heart. But when the Holy Spirit takes that from which I read and causes it to meld with the heart that he is on, all of a sudden that word is like fire in my life. I got to pray for a man a couple of weekends ago um, at John and Vicky's house. A man I'd never met before. And, uh, and I want to share this testimony with you. But I can tell you, while I can't quote the chapter and verse, I know it's, I think it's Matthew 6, but while I can't do that, the word is from my heart because it was transformational to me. And I shared that word with him because it affected the power of God in my life and set me free. And I prayed for his healing of his jaw. And the next day, I get a phone call, I get a message from Vicky saying, uh, 90% healed. This guy had an infection in his jaw that was eating the bone away in his jaw. The only way they could treat his jaw was heat his teeth. You ever think about heating up your teeth? How horrible that would be. The pain, how excruciating. He had three bone grafts to try and take out this. And all of a sudden, one hot word from the Holy Spirit, one act of kindness and love and I place my hands on his jaw and I command that thing to die in the name of Jesus and 90% better the next day. He couldn't even open his mouth in the mornings because he had locked jaw. And I'm believing and I said that my message straight back was Jesus is going to get him 100% free. Come on. Why? Because that's what he wants for all of us. That's the power of the hot word. But it has to be hot in birth in the Holy Spirit in your life. Does that make sense? Like, this is why it's so hard for us to get it, because we're thinking with this instead of letting it transform us here. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active. Is it living and active in your life? It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of what? Your heart. Your heart. So the weeds and the thorns and the pressures and the worries of life, they, they get in. And the only answer is the hot word of God. Fire in your life. And that's why we, we have to take a stance of joy in these seasons. Amen? So how do we get that fire? That fire only comes by praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit lubricates us with God's anointing oil. And that anointing is lit up by the life of the Spirit in us. The fire of the Spirit. As we pray in tongues, speaking in other tongues, the Word becomes life. The gifts of God are added to our life. And importantly, the fruit of the Spirit become our measure. I would rather joy over mourning any day of the week. Yeah? And I can have joy in mourning because God is alive and active in my life. I would rather peace over anxiety any day of the week 
Amen? I'd rather the joy of the Lord and the peace of the Lord and the revelation of the Holy Spirit in my life over anything that the world could throw at me. Oh, but Steve, no, it doesn't matter in my view because this is alive. I'd rather be hot for God than freezing cold with spines and prickles and thorns coming out of me, hurting other people. The Holy Spirit, this is the clincher. He quickens the word to us and he brings to remembrance all that God has done. It is so much easier to be thankful to God when he brings to remembrance, this is who you are, this is what I've done, this is how I see you, this is the peace that I leave with you, this is the joy that you can walk in, which is your strength to overcome. As the Holy Spirit brings that to life in me, I can't help but fall and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you would accept me. It's not a fallacy. The observation is, the longer you you are a Christian, the more aware of how grateful you are that God delivered a sinner like you. I know my sins. Thankfully, you don't. Right? But I serve a Jesus who was chosen, or a God, a Father, who was chosen in Jesus to forget those things forever. Every now and then, the bird comes along, or the the spine comes along, or something comes along to try and rob me of that peace. And the way you overcome that, thank you, Jesus, that you have set me free. Thank you, Jesus, that you died and you took that sin upon yourself. Thank you, Jesus, that I am an overcomer. In fact, the word says that I am more than a conqueror. And it's in that place that none of that can take root in the good soil of your heart. Isn't God good? I think he's amazing. Sit with me for an hour and I'll tell you how amazing he is. I think I'm done. And for your sake, I probably am. Will you stand with me? Maybe I'll talk about this tonight. Maybe I won't. <laughs> we'll see what happens. The uh, Can I get the keys? Is Renova here? Where's she gone? Oh, she's here. Good on you, Novi. Um, oh, there's something about the keys in the background. <laughs> the day of Pentecost comes and the 120 are in the upper room and the Holy Spirit falls upon that room and they spill out into the streets you can go and read this acts chapter 2 the thing that sticks out every time i read it i don't know why is three times scripture records that the onlookers heard them praising god in their own language three times work of salvation is the Holy Spirit's. You can't save a person. That, that, that's a word that you can take right now and you can leave it at the foot of Jesus. Lord, I've been trying to save people and I can't. That's a word you can just leave it with him and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Only you can do that. 
this is the this is the mystery of God. He surrenders and submits himself to you and I. And on the day of Pentecost, he did that through 120 people speaking in unknown languages. We don't know if one person was speaking the lang- a language that was heard. We don't know if 10 people were speaking the language that was heard. All we know is that there was chaos happening and they'd spilled out on the streets and people thought that they were drunk. They thought they were drunk, which means that some of them were speaking unintelligibly. Do you know that? And you think you got it all worked out. I think this was me. I thought I had it all worked out. Tongues was for mission. Tongues was for speaking in a language that I don't know, but they do. I thought I had it all worked out. And then Holy Spirit said, but they were accused of being drunk. Uh, have you ever spoken to a drunk person? I remember when we used to go and do barbecues at the area and we'll set up at 11.30 at night. We're cooking a barbecue at 12.30 at night. Wayne knows, Rodney knows. Give us a shake if you were there. James knows. He was the one that set it all up. And we'd be sitting there, Dan and there, cooking a barbecue, talking to our drunk friends. Right? Because Griffith is a small town. I could tell you what, I don't remember much of what they said. Because I was all up and all this. And I'm like, okay, this is a bit weird. Making sausages? Yeah, have a sausage, bro. Might make it a bit better. And then he'd come back and he'd, I thank you for that. This sausage is awesome. They talk a bit differently to us when you're a bit drunk, right? Could that have happened on the day of Pentecost? It's a bit rich to think that 120 people were speaking in a tongue that was known by someone else. Come on, let's just get real. But the Bible records that they heard three times. Is the Holy Spirit able to give you tongues and able to give someone else the interpretation absolutely is it's his job to convict the sinner up to unto righteousness it's his job to reveal Jesus and how he chooses to do that is through you a willing vessel you're a willing vessel this morning those 120 they were a willing vessel and I tell you what they were touched in a way that, that only God could have done because they were accused of being drunk and it was only the ninth hour of the day not bad going in those times some of you might have friends that are drunk at 3 o'clock in the afternoon I don't know but think about it guys put it to rest put it to bed thank the Lord for his gifts you might not understand it all but I tell you if you step into it and allow the gift to rise in your life the anointing presence of God will transform you He'll bring revelation to your life. He'll he'll cut out the thorns of your heart and you will no longer be a prickly person. Isn't that an awesome statement to make? He'll break the rocks of unforgiveness in your life. And he'll make you hot for God. Oh, come on. I'd rather be a burning one for Jesus than have the crows come and attack me and try and take out my eyes any day of the week. Lord Jesus, we, we thank you for your word. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, Paul stirs the young preacher up. Some people think he was an evangelist. Other people think he was a pastor and a teacher. 
Some people believe he could prophesy. Who knows what it is? But this is what the words of Paul were to the young preacher. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God that is within you. That came upon you from the laying on of my hands. (laughs) Stir it up. Fan into flame, another interpretation gives us. Another translation gives us. Fan into flame the gift of God. It all comes to stirring the coals, the embers of your heart, the things in the deposit of God so that you become on fire for Him. The young evangelist, the young preacher, the young Timothy was on fire for God. Nothing was going to stand in his way as he preached the Word of God with conviction. And he was reminded to go and do the work of the evangelist. Well, Lord Jesus, we thank you that we are evangelists like Timothy. That we carry the fullness of everything that we require. Lord, we put aside our thinking in this moment and just say we want you. With our hearts, the fullness of our spirit. We want you. We need you. Stir a fire in us, Lord God, that cannot be contained. Stir a fire in us that cannot be quenched. Lord God, we thank you that that fire is even burning up the thorns and the briars and the thistles even right now, Lord Jesus, in our lives. That that same fire is melting the rock that has caused us to be hard in the name of Jesus. That same fire is just causing us, Lord, to walk in a place of joy and abundant overflow. As you are generous to us, Lord God, may the natural fruit of generosity come out of our life as we overflow with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord, with all of our hearts. We worship you this morning. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Church, I thank the Lord for the opportunity to share his word this morning and I really pray that something spoke to you this this day. Something spoke to you about the goodness of God. And this afternoon, as you reflect upon these things, let the Holy Spirit teach you His Word even deeper. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. See you all tonight if you're here. And uh, I'm going to be here definitely. Even though I'm here, I'm going to be warring on your behalf.